Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. I'm particularly happy to have have our our first guest tonight. If for no other reason, he's an Italian-American, which always makes me happy on this program. Uh, If you think I'm a little prejudiced, I am. I've written an autobiography about growing up Italian-American, and uh, uh, we have a unique culture. But uh, Roger Tataya is president of a very interesting company, and I'll let him tell you about it. But first, as we always do, uh, we ask a little bit about himself personally before we get to the meat of the program. Roger, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Don. So, Roger, you, you had a, a, the name of your company? It's LensRentals.com. Uh, and I, I know a lot about it because I checked it out before we came on the air. But before we talk about it, let's. what about you personally? How did you come to run this company? Well, uh, it's an odd story. I was actually a practicing physician, and my hobby was photography. And I was going on a trip uh, to Alaska and wanted a specific lens to photograph on this trip, so I thought I'll rent it. And I went to rent it online and found out it was not possible to do so unless you lived in New York or Los Angeles. And even then, renting a piece of equipment involved basically buying it, and then you'd be refunded everything but the rental fee when you returned it. It was very difficult. So I ended up buying this lens and thought, well, if I wanted to rent it, other people would too. And I started a little online service and thought this would be a fun thing to do and a way to buy a little more photography equipment. You know, it's all, uh, on this program, we often get people who saw a need for themselves and then they started but now, it's one thing to have an idea. How did you come about going about creating this company and doing everything to make it the success it is today? I think the biggest thing we did is the way it started. I'm a photographer. I wanted a service that wasn't available and tried to make that service the way I would have wanted it. Uh, I, I made it what I wanted to be there that wasn't. And it caught on. Um, Uh, To give you an idea, I was only going to rent my own equipment, and three days after I put the website up, all of that was gone. Um, I bought more equipment, and that cycle continued. Uh, And we went from, uh, when we started in 2008, about 50 lenses, to today we have around 20,000. Wow. Uh, Where do you, well, how do you manage this process? 
Um, well, the, the growth was difficult to manage as much as anything. The the the, the product or the or the company itself was very easy to do, and customers uh, were very easy to find. It was ab- absolutely something people wanted. But uh, I, I found out the hard way that really rapid growth can be almost as difficult as trying to grow when you're not growing, um, and we had to be very careful with that. Well, did you, did you seek outside investors? Did you invest your own money? How did you go about? Uh, that's one of the toughest problems of small business when they get rapid growth. Managing. Well, it, it was, and I invested all of my money that I could find. Uh, remortgaged my house, emptied my accounts, cashed in four hundred one k's. I was quite certain this was going to work, and uh, we never really needed outside funding uh, from from another investor. We were able to uh, grow fast enough and well enough that within about a year we were able to obtain some small bank loans, and uh, two or three years later we were able to get you know good lines of credit and, and grow using that. So that that was a, a very lucky and, and positive thing for me. I've heard horror stories from other people as to what it took to get funding. Yeah. Well, have you repaid yourself yet? Uh, the last payment to me comes uh, next month, actually. So that will have completed my repayment of original investment. Well, what about competition? I mean, uh, ha- have you uh, have other companies come in and compete against you yet? Yes, uh, we were the first, and and of course it's it's nice when you're filling a vacuum. There is no competition. Other companies came and competed. Uh, a couple were pretty successful. None are quite as large as we are, but. Uh, a lot of them came and went too. Um, it's it's a, a little bit of a risky business, and some people found that the risk didn't appeal to them. But uh, there there is competition out there. I, I would guess we basically have about half of the U.S. market, and uh, the the rest of it is divided amongst several others. Well, how do you deal with new competition? I think the biggest thing we've done is we had a little time and a little. Uh, ability to kind of leverage our expertise and and we market very hard that we are photographers we know photography and and now it's videography our business has changed greatly in the last couple of years uh and and we do a lot of educational marketing uh we we write a blog that's pretty widely read and it's an educational blog it's not really a marketing blog we're we're trying to teach people and that gives us a reputation for expertise that uh, right now none of our competitors have well, what's the name of the blog? It's just the Lens Reynolds blog, um, and it's uh, it's interesting in that it's it's not read by the majority of our customers. It's read by uh, what we call in house, and I consider myself one, uh, the geeks, the guys that are really into the equipment and the technical parts of it. But that little group funnels that information out to the larger group. They're the ones that other people come to and go, "What do I need, and where should I get it?" and and they send them to us. Well, do you have a, a rent-to-buy program? We do. Um, we have uh, two things we do. Our equipment is basically rented for two years and then sold through what's now a different company that's associated with us. But everybody also has the option when they rent a piece of equipment from us, if they like it, they can go to the, w- the website to their order, click on it, and it'll say, if you want to keep it, it's this much. And they can click OK, and we charge the balance to their credit card, and they keep the item they've rented. Um, well, do they get a bargain uh, for that versus buying it new? Uh, 
they get they get value? a lower price than new, um, and it kind of depends. Uh, our computer system will look at that item and go, "How old is it?" and kind of prorate the price. So, if the item is nearly new, they pay pretty close to a new price. If the item is older, then it's uh, you know quite a bit discounted. But what we found is a lot of people will pay for the pop privilege of testing that actual item. Uh, every camera lens is slightly different, and uh, they always talk about getting a good copy. So the one in their hand may be better than the one they bought at the store new, and they, they, they know that, and they'll tend to sometimes just say, this one is good, I'm going to buy it used rather than take a chance on a new one that may not be quite as good. Oh, what oh, what about uh, hiring people? How do you identify people to hire? Well, we have a core uh, of people who were actually either photographers or videographers, and they're kind of our knowledge-based core. But the majority of our employees now are up to uh, over 100. I couldn't tell you the exact number. Uh, we, we tend to hire workers. Um, a lot of our business now is logistics. It's receiving and shipping and testing equipment and uh, you know, making sure everything is clean and, and functioning. So we want people to have a good work experience. And we've, we've got people that were waiters before they came to us because we knew they worked hard and they could multitask, uh, knowing that we're going to have to train them anyway. Nobody knows what we do. We're not going to find an experienced person. And it's worked out well. Uh, we, we have high-level managers that came to us with no college degree and after years have uh, worked their way up to becoming uh, you know, area managers. Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Uh, Governor Walker of uh, Wisconsin, it was a big to-do that he doesn't have a college education. But uh, 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 on several of the programs recently, people have said sometimes not having the college degree is helpful rather than a hindrance. Do you find that? I do, because one of the, the things we found is a lot of kids come out of college, they've not worked, and they kind of come in, and I've got a degree, and, you know, aren't I supposed to sit at a desk and tell people what to do? And when, when we tell them, you know, here, we've got uh, 7,000 items coming in today. They all have to be tested. Uh, get to work. They look at you like, what? this isn't what I'm supposed to do. I've got a degree. The, the kid that was an air conditioner repairman on the hot roof last year, he'll do whatever we ask, and he'll do it all day long and loves to do it. So sometimes we find it's harder to get the college kids working at a pace we want than to get somebody who's been working for two or three years and is fairly bright trained to do the skills we need. Hmm. Uh, what do you consider, if, if you were to, uh, talking to a, a group, 59% of our audience are uh, owners and or uh presidents of small business, what are the three key things that you find uh, make your company a success? I think the first thing is is the people. Uh, if, you, if you hire people who, who buy into your company, who, who believe in what you do or are enthusiastic about it, they work really hard and they do a good job. Uh, I think perhaps maybe the most important thing is to always – Pretend you're your own customer. Um, I, I know a little bit of what it's like for my customers who are photographers or videographers and what is important to them, and I try to make sure our process is what I would want if I was them. And there's times that I fight with some of the people who are not uh, with my background that are accountants, and they go, this is going to be expensive. And I'll say, you know, in the long run, it's worth it because we have to give our customers exactly what they want, and we have to be our customers. 
Uh, those are the two most important things. And then the third thing I think is just being very careful to financially dot your I's and cross your T's. We haven't had the misfortunes that some other people I know have when they started up of finding out there was a tax they didn't pay uh, or finding out that, wow, that money came with more strings than I realized. And I think that's one thing I've seen several of my competitors have problems with. They agreed to uh, sources of funding that ended up then constraining them quite a bit, and they no longer really had control of their company. Well, you're now an entrepreneur. Have you always been an entrepreneur, or is this just something that you got into? This is something I got into accidentally. <laughs> I was a physician and uh, practicing happily and was going to work another 15 years and retire. Um, so this was not my intention and then realized fairly quickly that uh, if it was going to be success, I had to go do it full-time and leave medicine, which uh, if you know many doctors and their, their business experience, uh, my, my partners all took me aside and told me I was making a huge mistake, but I was not. It, it worked out well. Uh, do you miss being a, a physician? Honestly, I don't. This is more fun. Uh, <laughs> every day I go to work, and I'm I'm doing my hobby. <laughs> That's very true. Um, uh, how did you build your uh, website? How did you go about? You're a physician. How did you go about getting uh, the the people to build a website? It's a very good website, and it it shows a lot of work. But I'm curious well, how you started. It's a kind of interesting story. I put the first little site up. It was just an, you know, uh, basically prepaid e-commerce site. And a guy approached me and said, you've got a great idea and a horrible website. Let me do it for you. And I told him at that time I was small. I said, I don't have the money to do this. I'm not interested. And he, he emailed me back and he said, I, I really want to participate I'll do all of your web management for a small percentage a month. And we, we came to a number, and he did. And for several years, uh, that's that was all, all that did my website, and he was superb at it. Um, and kind of the same thing. He was enthusiastic. He was a computer programmer who was also a photographer and thought this was great, and he bought in. Uh, now we have a staff of programmers. I think there are five or six. Uh, Drew, who... Uh, runs all that department and human resources uh, is in charge of it and I'm not even allowed in there anymore because they say I distract them but they're really good well you're lucky um, is he still with you the original programmer or did he go off and do something else he is still with us but uh, as, as a consultant we have an in-house staff and he's in Chicago so he, he looks over their shoulder and touches base with them but he's he's kind of semi-retired now oh well, he he certainly uh, saw a good thing when he when he uh, when when he uh, met you. It, it worked out really well for him, but uh, I, I also realized I could never have been as successful with a business without him. Um, he, he he created a lot of uh, the things that you see now, and uh, we we got to them quicker than other people did. Our website was always a step ahead, and I think that was really important. Well, very definitely. Uh, your website, by the way, what is it? Lensrentals.com. Oh, you spell it out. This is radio, please. Yeah, L-E-N-S-R-E-N-T-A-L-S. The two very, words combined as one. Very simple. Right. Uh, uh, what has the, been the single biggest hurdle you, you've had? Well, 
for me personally, the answer is easy, and it probably is the same answer for the company, but it was letting go. Um, yeah, we, we talked about I brought a certain skill set as a photographer and videographer to the company and enthusiasm and, and, and a customer service bent, but I don't have business background and business sense. And as the company got bigger, the business part became much more important than what I do, and I had to turn control over to people who were experienced businessmen, and that was really hard. Um, I thought I knew the best way to do everything, of course. It was my company, <laughs> and uh, it, it took me about a year to learn that I really didn't, that other people had ideas that I didn't have and they were successful. And to give you an example, um, five years ago, video started becoming a big part of it, and I said, oh, I don't think we need to get into that. And uh, other people said, yeah, we do, and you really have to. And they basically made me, kicking and screaming. Video is now 60% of our business, and it's almost 100% of our growth. So if it wasn't for them basically taking some control away and me being willing to give it up grudgingly, we wouldn't have grown like we've grown. Hmm. Roger, it's been a, a real pleasure having you with us. Any last thoughts you'd like to pass on to the audience? The only thing I pass on to anybody is if you've got a good idea and you're enthusiastic, go for it. The best move I ever did in my life. <laughs> Where's, where are you located? Memphis, Tennessee, right where FedEx oh. Hub is because we ship all over the country. Oh. That, has that been helpful to you? Very much so. Very much so. Um, we have a good relationship with FedEx, but for us, being in the center of the country, most of the country is... Uh, within two days shipping at a very reasonable rate and uh, you know it can be very expensive to ship something from one coast to the other but for us it's always we're in the middle yes uh, someone once told me that uh, 55 percent of america was within an overnight drive of memphis that's right and it's also within an overnight ground shipment from memphis which is really key when you're shipping a lot of packages very definitely uh, I hope you'll come back again sometime and talk more because uh, it's been a very illuminating uh, time for me and I hope for you as well. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, have a good day, and thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, you know, uh, well, hello, George. Are you there? This is still me. I'm about to hang up. This is Roger. But good. And hello, George. Good luck. Alan, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I keep lo looking at the George in there. It's Alan Georgia. Am I pronouncing it correctly? It's Alan George in Georgia. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, the email that sent me said it was George with an ER at the end. I'll 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 uh, um, I'll uh, correct it after the program ends. But anyway, okay, welcome to, welcome to the program. You're you're a last minute substitute, but I'm sure you're going to be more than uh, adequate. Um, uh, you, uh, I can't. I said to you earlier uh, that your boss was abroad, and now what's your line back? I said no, he's a man. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, on, 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 on that, what I hope is a happy note, the reason we asked uh, for you to be on the program is that over the last two weeks, we've had people talk about franchise and franchising, and you, your people are, the, are experts at it. Am I right? 
Absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're such experts, we're getting to release um, a book called The Franchise Expansion Guide. And in The Franchise Expansion Guide, we're, we're going to talk about the uh, business model of franchising and the return that you get on franchise. So that, the book's going to be coming out very shortly, and we're very excited about that. We've helped over 150 companies become franchises, and we've helped sell over 700 franchises. So we're, we're good at what we do. Franchise is a great way to grow your business, and we're really excited to, uh, to talk about this. Okay, well, this is a program in which uh, 59% are presidents and or owners of small business. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, uh, first, uh, the standard one, which I still think is very important. If you have a, a small business, should you consider franchising? And if so, what are the uh, uh, parameters you look for? Great, great. If you want to, if you want to expand your business with other people's money, with other people's time and energy, with other people's um, uh, business knowledge, then you should consider franchising. So, anyone that has an ordinary business that's run extraordinarily, and they want other people to uh, help grow the business, then they should consider franchising. It's, it's very, it's very simple. Well, let's explore that a little bit. When you say extraordinary, uh, run extraordinarily, what do you mean by that? Well, let's say I'll just use it very simple. I have one of my businesses is uh, Echo Echo Friendly Maid Service, and they were maid service, and they use all natural cleaning goods. It's it's all uh, environmentally friendly. It's branded. They have really good marketing systems. They have really good sales systems. So it's a maid service that they do extraordinarily. So they come in and they clean your house. They just do it better than, than anyone else. They have systems in place. They can help you grow the business quickly. So it's it's an ordinary business, but they run it extraordinarily. Well, but let me let me ask you the question. Uh, every business is uh, really based on the people. And to me, the, the toughest part um, of, of franchising is, A, identifying the uh, owners or franchisees, but equally as important, how do you train them to find the right employees? Great, great. So, so franchises are not sold. They're, they're recruited. So you, you find people that fit a profile. And you find people that will know how to hire the right people. So I tell people when they go and they're looking to invest in a franchise, they bring two pieces of paper. They bring their resume in their left and a check in their right. And part of their part of their uh, the knowledge and what you're going to bring aboard as a franchisee, if they need to hire people, they need to know how to hire people. They know how know how to train them. They know how to nurture them. That's, that has to be something that they bring to the table. Um, there's plenty of businesses that need uh, one person to run it. There's plenty of businesses that need 50 people to run it. So uh, one person, there's lots of one-person businesses. They don't have to train anyone. Uh, they're great to run a one, one two, three-person business, a mom-and-pop business. Um, but if someone needs to run a 50-person business, they're going to have to have some management experience in their background. Again, 
franchise is recruited. People come in, they have to have that experience. Just because someone has a million dollars has never run a business before uh, doesn't mean that they're going to be able to run your business in the area and be successful. So it's the, it's the responsibility of the franchisor to bring on people that can, that can execute the business and manage the business. And, and part of that management is managing those employees. Well, you you have a background noise that's really starting to overwhelm you, uh, Alan. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me move over here. Is this better? Be- much better. Okay. Well, I, I know you're calling in, but, uh, but okay. So... Uh, the obviously there are various amounts of investment money um that a franchise have how do you d- determine uh whether uh, an individual um qualifies for a, a franchise great great so to qualify for a franchise you really need three buckets of money you need you need money to buy the franchise so i need, you need to buy the franchise fee you need to to buy all the equipment to run the business. So that's the first bucket. The second bucket you need is you need to be able to pay operating expenses. So if you have to pay rent, if you have to buy a truck, you're gonna have to run that run the store, you're gonna have to run run the truck. So you have to have operating expenses, you need to be able to advertise. So that's the second bucket of money you need to have. The third bucket of money that you need is you need to be able to live. So a franchise is not going to be profitable maybe for six months to a year. So you have to be able to pay a mortgage. You have to be able to pay the dental bills for kids if they have braces. You've got to be able to take your wife or your husband to dinner. And you have to be able to live that normal life. And you have to have that third bucket that allows you to run the business without being profitable and still maintain a lifestyle. So so I, I tell people you have to have these three buckets and you have to know how much goes in those buckets, and if you have enough money to do all to, to fill all three buckets with money, and know that they're going to empty out before you can replenish, then that's how you qualify. Well, uh, if if I were thinking of, of uh, buying a uh, franchise today, what what are the best types of franchise to buy, in your opinion? Oh, sure. Um, the best franchises are the ones that you that would hire you to run their franchise. So, in other words, if you're a restaurant manager and you've been able to save up two, three hundred thousand dollars, the best rest, the best the best franchise for you to buy would be a restaurant. If if you've been a salesman your whole life and you've sold you sold uh, cars or insurance, right? The best franchise for you would be something that you would do that was very heavily involved in selling. So the best franchise is for one that you can start making money immediately. I talk to people all the time and they'll want to buy a franchise that requires sales. And I'll say, have you ever sold anything in your life? Have you ever asked anyone for money? And they'll say, no, I haven't. I've been, I've been the bookkeeper. I've been on the shipping dock. I say, no, if you've never asked anyone for money, then how do you expect to make a living in sales. 
and, and what I said to them is, look, you know, you'll probably be better in retail. You'll, you'll be better with people coming to you. So it's, it's based on your skill set. Again, like I said earlier, you're going to bring two pieces of paper. You bring your resume and you bring your check. And a smart franchisor will only take the check if he's going to accept your resume. Well, if, if that's very important. Um, I've been in and around the franchise business for a long time. I used to be publisher of Income Opportunities Magazine, which, you know, oh, was sure. a big uh, franchise. And, uh, you know, I've seen that there's franchises at 15000 and the franchises at $5 million. What What is the average? Uh, I don't know if the average. What are the main franchises today that are selling in, say, under 250000 Oh, there's, 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 there's lots of lots of brands under under two hundred fifty thousand. Um, I can give you I can give you some of our brands that we sell that are under two hundred fifty thousand. Um, I sell brakes for less. Brakes for less is an automotive uh, brake repair service, and um, their their total buy-in is um, probably sixty five sixty five thousand dollars with thirty five thousand dollars needed for uh, operating expenses. Um, I have, I have um, uh, one of my franchises is York Pro Kitchen. York Pro Kitchen, um, the um, investment and, and they do very very well. It's it's around eighty thousand uh, dollars. So there's lots of there's lots of of uh, franchises underneath those um, uh, underneath a hundred thousand dollars. We have um, uh, I sell uh, I sell Postal Connections. Which um, has stores that that are doing uh, close to seven figures, and the, the entire investment is uh, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So the whole thing is a franchise is a proven model that if you follow the cookbook, if you follow the cookbook, you should get a return on investment. And your return on investment should be a salary and twenty percent uh, year over year. And, and I just had an article published today that uh, said you know an, an investment. Is Investment in franchising in a um, an active participation in your investment should should be able to get that kind of return. So you don't need to spend a million dollars to make a million dollars. As long as you can make the business, you have passion for the business, you're willing to follow directions, then then you should be you should be very successful. And again, 94% of franchise success is the operator. It's the operator following the your operating manual, having passion, showing up every day, working hard, making it happen. Because, again, running a franchise, that active participation is better than leaving it in the bank, leaving it in your 401K, because you make it happen. The harder you work, the more you're going to make, the more you advertise, the bigger you're going to grow your market. Um, the more passion you have, uh, the more your customers care, care, you know, show, say that you care, the more money you're going to make. So, well, I think um, you don't I need think to spend that, a but that I think that's the key. I, I think many people thought that if you bought a franchise, you didn't have to work at it, but you really have to work at it. Am I right? Absolutely. When, when you get when, when you get a franchise agreement, lots of franchises, about seventy percent of them will have franchise performance metrics, and they're going to have a lot of them will have three buckets. They're going to have the, the bottom the middle and the top. And, and the difference between the bottom and the top, in my opinion, is passion. It's passion, experience, knowledge. 
So, so you know, the same system with two different people um, will have different results. But it's, it's the people that get the results. And again, top performance. I'm, I'm getting ready to go to the Postal Connection uh, convention, and we'll have we'll have an award ceremony. And the top performer does five times the amount of the bottom performer. Same same model, same services, different um, different performance. But the top performer, he's a friend of mine, and you know when I have an issue, I call him, and he, ha- he always has the answer. Um, he has seven people work for him. Again, he has a tr- terrific business, but it's Pete. It's Pete that makes the business work, and he makes it work. He ma- he makes it work. Um, then, uh, if people want to find your website, what is it? FranchiseMarketingSystems.com. Uh, say it again and spell it out. Franchise F R A N C H I S E. Marketing, M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G, systems, S-Y-S-T-E-M-S, dot com. Hmm. And, you, and you are the vice president of sales? I'm the vice president of sales and, and one of the founders. So we're, ah. we're, we're six years old, and in the past six years, again, we've, we've made over uh, 150 companies into franchises, and those franchises have sold over 700 units. So we're employing, we're employing combined. So we're employing lots of people. We're creating lots of wealth. Um, our franchisors are becoming very successful and growing their business. We have um, people that are, are ready to sell their franchise, the whole entire franchise system. So we have um, one, of our, one of our customers has already been approached by uh, a venture capital firm and uh, they're considering being uh, being purchased. We have um, some of our franchises that have um, have already sold, so they've already they've already they've already cashed in. So it's an uh, so exciting opportunity. But but do you create the franchise working with them, or do, are these existing franchisers? We we take we take um, matter of fact. I'm having dinner. I just had dinner. And I'm in Cumming, Georgia, and um, after dinner, I was walking down, and I saw Kapow comic books. And I said, oh, my God, look at this business. It was loaded. There's 20, 20 people there, 730 at night. And I said, there's something going on here. So I walked in, and I said, hey, this, this looks like you can franchise this. And I said, how much are you doing? And I don't want to announce on the air how much he's doing. But he told me his, his, his revenue, and it looks like he yeah, has like 1,500 square feet, and I almost fell over. And I said, how are your margins? He told me his margins, and I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Then, then I asked him, I said, I said, how far are your customers traveling to generate this revenue? He said, 80% of my customers are driving within five miles. And coming Georgia... The entire town had six thousand people, and this store is this store is generating revenues that I just I just I just couldn't believe, and profit margins that I couldn't believe. What kind of so, a business so we was help it? Companies like that. It's a comic book store and a game store. A game store. And it was a game store. Yep, and it, it's 
he just runs it. He just runs the business very extraordinarily. Hmm. And again, his margins, his margins are incredible. And um, it's a ve- it looks like a, it's a very easy business to run. He's probably busy. Saturdays and Sundays probably really busy, and, and at night, and he's he's making a great living, and he loves doing it. He, his initial inventory, he supplied it. I think he said he supplied it out of his closet because he had a passion for the business. He had a passion for the business, and we were talking. He's like, I, he's like, you're gonna come back, Alan. You're gonna come back because I I can open Cottesville, I can open Canton. There's plenty of places. There's there's a big demand for this. That's just that's just walking to get ready to to win this interview. So there's lots of extraordinary businesses that um, that want to expand using other people's time, energy, and experience, and of course money. Oh, money is very important. One one more question: There are a lot of people sure. who have taken early early retirement, and uh, yeah. there's been talk that they do a second career. Are you finding that in some of your franchisees? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of people are retiring at 62, and they still have lots of energy, they have lots of vitality, and they have a 401k that instead of having Fidelity direct it or Tiro Price direct it, they say, I want to direct it. So I'm going to take $100,000 out of my portfolio, I'm going to transfer it into a self-directed IRA, I take the money and I'm going to run a company, and I'm going to wake up every morning and have something to go to, and I'm going to grow it, and I'm going to grow the business based on my experience. I have all this experience, I have all this knowledge, and I still have energy. So absolutely, retirees are a really growing segment in franchising because again, their life expectancy now is another 20 years. So you're 62 years old. The six, you know, 62 is the new 42. Because people are more vibrant. They have better uh, better health, and 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 they they want to work, so why not let them? And we're we're seen as a great growth segment, great growth segment for for franchising. And again, having something to get up to is great. Well, are you going to be in the franchise show in New York? Absolutely, absolutely. We'll we'll probably have, I think we have six of our customers that are going to be there. Okay, six, well. Six of our I'm going to go to the show and look you up. I'll be in Bayside. I'll be in Bayside Lemonade's booth. I, I work closely with Tommy O'Neill at Bayside Lemonade, and mm-hmm. he has a great part-time business where uh, his investment, here you go, his investment is $20,000, and it's a weekend-only business. He does. Um, he's going to do the Belmont Stakes this weekend, and he'll probably bring in cash-wise um, Multiple, multiple five figures for well, one day's work. Well, I'm definitely going to uh, look you guys up just to talk further. Great, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We'd love to have you in any of our booths. I can walk you around to our booths, and I have a lot of friends in the industry. I can introduce you to lots, lots and lots of uh, of my friends that have helped help companies and families um, grow their business and grow their wealth, and have a great lifestyle. And be in control of their destiny. So I'd love to love to introduce you to lots of my friends. Well, um, uh, Alan, I, I'm really glad you came on board, and uh, you did a terrific job. And thank you for filling in. Okay, 
thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And um, if website, they wanted to reach you directly, how uh, how how do they do it? Our audience. Uh, sure. You can have my cell phone. If I can hear the phone ring, I answer it. It's nine seven eight 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 six seven nine zero eight, and my my email address is alan dot george alan dot george at fmsfranchise.com. And I really appreciate that you came on board, and we look forward to uh, uh, I'm look forward to seeing you at the franchising, and we're going to invite you back. Great. And if anyone needs a free pass, they can either call or email me, and I can get them in the, oh. the New York um, the New York Expo. Oh. We have free passes. Well, we'll really look forward to it. Thank you. All right. Nice, nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can subscribe for any or all of these by going to smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Thank you, and have a good day.